a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn. You still Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that all of y'all are doing well, and I hope that y'all enjoy what I have for y'all today, because this was a super fun episode for me to put together. Uh, What I'm going to be doing today is going over just the Force, um, and going over just kind of uh, what it is, people who use it, different sides, uh, different abilities that are afforded by it, uh, because it is a very kind of undefined, obscure uh, entity within the Star Wars universe, and that's kind of by design, uh, which I'll get into a bit later. But uh, it's just it it can be kind of uh, a hard thing to keep track of everything, so I'm just gonna run through all of the more relevant abilities and uh, practitioners of the Force. And uh, yeah, enough of me rambling. Let's just dive straight into Arc Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! Let's get straight into this. So today I'm going to be talking about the Force, and what I'm going to start with is a quote uh, talking about the Force from the Star Wars book, which is one of my favorite source materials. That's The title of the book is The Star Wars Book, and it's uh, it's a very comprehensive guide to Star Wars uh, all the way through Episode Nine, uh, including all the uh, TV shows and all that stuff. I don't think The Mandalorian Season 2... Uh, is included in this, but I think everything up until Mandalorian Season 1 uh, is included within this book, and it's super, super awesome, and I use it uh, for helping me research this podcast a lot. Uh, so I'm just going to read off just the little synopsis of The Force uh, from the Star Wars book, and what it says is, the mystical energy field known as The Force uh, surrounds the galaxy, binding all living things together. It is enigmatic to some, fascinating to others, and mythological to much of the galaxy. The greatest mysteries of the Force continue to to challenge, elude, and confound those who study it, whether they align themselves with the light or dark. And the first uh, mention of the Force that we hear, or not the first mention, but the first kind of definition of the Force that we get is from Obi-Wan Kenobi in Episode 4, and he says, The Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It is an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. So from those two uh, kind of little synopses or definitions, the force is kind of an unknown energy field that exists within the Star Wars galaxy. And it is uh, kind of a current created by life that also binds all living things together. So, as I've said in previous episodes about the Jedi and the Sith, the Force, uh, as it was studied, was split into two distinct parts, which was the light side, the Ashla, and the dark side, which is the Bogan. And so people that studied the light side were uh, organizations like the Jedi, religions like the Jedi, uh, or people that studied the dark were the Sith. Uh, And that's kind of the more mainstream uh, organizations that we see wielding the force within the Star Wars universe. But as I'll get into later, there are others. Uh, other things that we know about the force. Uh, it is, um, well, some people don't enjoy this all that much, but uh, in episode one, The Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon explains to Anakin Skywalker that 
there are these things called midichlorines. And what midichlorines are are essentially microscopic originelles that assist in attunement with the force. Um, and so that being said, powerful force users tended to have higher midichlorine counts. And that being said, I keep saying that, and I know that I'm sure that that's annoying to some of y'all, but I don't think I can stop saying it. So there. Um, but all that said, uh, if the mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell, then the midichlorines are the powerhouse of the force. That's a great way to remember that if you ever take a biology class and uh, they ask what's the powerhouse of the cell, you can say that. You can say, well, um, mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell, but did you know that midichlorines are the powerhouse of the force? And you might get made fun of, but that's okay. Um, so... With that in mind about midichlorians, that means that really anybody can use the force if they train enough. That doesn't mean that they are force sensitive. A midichlorian count has to reach a certain threshold in order for a being to be considered force sensitive. But the fact that they exist and they exist in all living things means that with possibly like just an impossible amount of training, but everybody has a certain potential to wield the force. Um, so since midichlorians don't just like, like I said, midichlorians exist in all beings, but they'd only determine the overall potential for a being to wield the force. Um, so this this theory comes from well, theory uh, comes from Star Wars Theories channel. He is a great Star Wars YouTuber. Uh, he's the biggest Star Wars YouTuber. He definitely doesn't need me to kind of give him a shout out. But uh, he is uh, my source material for a lot of these things. He was kind of part of what drove me to make this podcast just because he's such a, a staple in the Star Wars community, and I really respect him and admire him. Uh, it's my goal to have him on this podcast at some point. I've tried reaching out to him, and I'm just such a small thing that uh, he, he hasn't really noticed me. But uh, he's a super cool guy. I would highly recommend going to uh, check him out. Don't forget about me. He knows a lot more about Star Wars than I do, but um, don't don't forget about me. Don't don't just like go to him for everything. No, where you stick to your roots, which is me. Yeah, I I'm I'm not perfect, but I get the job done. But also definitely go check out Star Wars Theory because he's amazing. But he did this video about how George Lucas is actually the one who made the assertion that anybody can use the Force as long as they train enough. And this idea is kind of shown by the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is one of the most renowned Jedi in the Order at the time of the Clone Wars, was not innately Force-sensitive, uh, or at least not to the degree that most of his peers were. And so he had to train extra, extra hard in order to become a master, and he actually ended up on the High Council. And then Anakin Skywalker has the highest ever recorded midichlorian count, and therefore has the greatest potential. So, it's, I don't know, it's it's not, essentially, it's not like Harry Potter, where muggles just don't have the potential to use magic. Um, it's more just like a, some people are more capable of doing so, and therefore, they might uh, it might be easier for them to train. They might get discouraged a little less easily. But I just think that that's a super cool concept that pretty much anybody can use the Force if they really, really train to. It just might be kind of take an impossible amount of time for certain uh, creatures or uh, characters to achieve that level of discipline. So kind of in the same vein as Anakin having the highest ever midichlorian count, let me talk to you about the Chosen One. 
So I'm going to read word for word uh, the prophecy of the chosen one as uh, found in the book Master and Apprentice. This is a great book uh, following Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn uh, before the Phantom Menace. It's a super cool book. Uh, I really enjoyed reading it. Uh, And essentially what this prophecy says is, Only through the sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the nameless. The danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire. When the Force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. A chosen one shall come, born of no father, and uh, and through him will ultimate balance in the Force be restored. So, this was a prophecy of the Jedi, of essentially one who would bring balance to the Force and ultimately destroy the Sith, their dark side counterparts. Anakin Skywalker was the one who was thought to be this chosen one. The sequels put this prophecy into question, which makes me extremely unhappy because I think that that is a direct contradiction to George Lucas's original vision for this franchise. So I think that that is kind of a spit in the face, and I really, really, really don't like it. Um, but I will do more on that later. I'm going to have an entire episode about, A, my negative feelings about the fact that the Prophecy of the Chosen One was kind of uh, stepped on in Episode 9. Uh, more on that later. I think I'm going to be having my friend Sean Doe on to talk about that. So it's going to be very exciting. Um, and then also, um, I'm going to have an entire episode about just the, the prophecy of the chosen one in general, kind of Anakin Skywalker's lifetime, and then how, uh, the sequels put this into question and why I think that it actually isn't in question. It was just sloppy writing. So moving on a bit, uh, I, I just really enjoyed this quote because it kind of encapsulates how, um, little we know about the Force, because the characters in the movie don't know all that much about the Force. This is from Ahsoka Tano in Star Wars Rebels. She says, just when you think you understand the Force, you find out how little you actually know. And that was kind of me uh, trying to make the my outline for this episode, because it was like, dang, I really, really don't know all that much. And so, that being said, I went to someone who I know knows a lot about it, and that is Dave Filoni. And so he has a great little featurette from Rebels about the Force, where he talks a lot about just kind of uh, his approach to it. And therefore, since Dave Filoni, he was the executive producer for Star Wars Clone Wars and then for uh, Star Wars Rebels. And then he was also a director and kind of John Favreau's consultant on The Mandalorian. And he's kind of George Lucas's protege. Um, and so he says that what they really try to do with the Force is to keep it just out of reach. It's tangible enough to understand, basically, like on a very superficial level, but it's not so defined that it simply becomes like a weapon or something that's like, oh, like this, like a superpower almost. It, it's much more than that. But what we see could be uh, kind of interpreted as that. Uh, and then I really love this quote because this is going to transition us into talking about the light side and the dark side. But Dave Filoni says the dark side is a spiral downward that you're dragged in or that you're trapped in. And the light side is a selfless ideology and action. You're supposed to use it to aid other people, to save other people. And that is your gift. 
So I think that's a really, really cool distinction that I had never really heard uh, kind of articulated that way. And that being said, I'm going to talk, talk about the light side of the Force now. So this is what the Jedi followed, or were supposed to follow, it is Ashla. And um, it's a philosophy, once again, a philosophy of selflessness, and for the Jedi, objectivity, because they feel like in order to be completely selfless, they can't have connections uh, to other people because they wouldn't be able to make... Uh, if they were, if they had a special connection to one individual, they wouldn't be able to make the best decision for a collective necessarily. So, and this is once again a thought from Dave Filoni that essentially says, if you are, even if you're performing a selfless action that leads you to your death and an end to your reality as you know it, you're still able to influence those around you as a force for good because the lights, the force ends up balancing itself out. So even though you yourself are gone, a force for good is gone, your actions will then permeate out uh, to those around you who are affected by your selfless action. And I think that that's just a super cool way of not only looking at Star Wars, but I mean, that's I'm going to get up on a soapbox here. That's a great metaphor for life, you know? I don't know if you can hear in the background right now, but someone is yelling, and it is very loud, so I apologize for that. Um, it's just when, when I'm when I'm when I'm going over some some deep philosophical stuff. But essentially, the, the thought is that selfless action uh, breeds good uh, all around you because it's not uh, self obsessed. It is uh, for the greater good of those around you rather than the greater good of yourself. So I just think that that's a super cool way of looking at this, but also looking at life. Uh, looking into some light side abilities, uh, kind of, I kind of touched on these in, uh, uh, my episode about the Jedi, but they have telepathy, the ability to kind of read minds, telekinesis, the ability to move things with their minds, precognition, they can see things before they happen, enhanced reflexes, uh, they can move faster, they can think faster, um, and persuasion, Jedi mind tricks. These are not the droids you're looking for. Kind of wave their hand uh, in front of uh, a weak-minded individual, and then they are able to uh, kind of sway them uh, to their own will. Moving into some more, uh, th those are all also uh, available to dark side users. Um, those are kind of general force abilities, and there are obviously more, but these are kind of the most basic ones. Uh, in the movies, we see force healing. Uh, essentially channeling the living force in order to uh, heal a wound. And we see Rey do this and Rise of Skywalker, and we see Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, do this in The Mandalorian. So um, a lot of people didn't love this because it was kind of like, well, why didn't people force heal like all the time? Why were Jedi ever killed? Um, why couldn't they just always bring someone back? And I think it has something to do with just... I honestly don't know because I, if it was just in Rise of Skywalker, it was like, oh, it's something to do with the Force dyad between Rey and Kylo Ren. But um, since it, since Baby Yoda does it as well, and Rey does it to the snake, I don't really know. Like, there's there's a lot of kind of gray area, but that is a light side ability because it is a selfless act. Uh, battle battle meditation is essentially where a Jedi would meditate during a conflict and they were able to turn the tide of that conflict by affecting both sides they would increase uh, morale on their side and kind of put seats of doubt in their enemy uh, which is super super interesting 
Uh, Doppelganger, hey, any of y'all Last Jedi haters out there, I also don't like The Last Jedi all that much, but any of y'all saying that Luke Skywalker has, like, a new ability that has never been seen before, that is not true, because I'm getting this information from The Jedi Path, which is a Legends book that was released before um, The Last Jedi came out, and essentially what Doppelganger is, is the ability to create a force projection of oneself or an object that is so real and uh, is actually tangible to those around you. So it's a, essentially a way of deceiving uh, people uh, around you. And that's what Luke Skywalker does in The Last Jedi. Uh, we also have Electric Judgment, which is the light side equivalent to Force Lightning. I went over that in a more a while back. I think that was in my Jedi episode. Uh, it's essentially green Force Lightning that wasn't quite as potent as Sith Force Lightning, but still immobilizing and effective in uh, taking down an opponent. Then we have... Uh, Tuta Menace, which is really cool. It is energy absorption. This isn't technically uh, specifically light side, but I've really only seen light side people do this. Uh, so Yoda is seen to do this when he kind of reflects and absorbs uh, force lightning. Uh, and uh, oh, what's her name? Um, uh, Satil in the Old Republic uh, animation. She's seen doing this by absorbing uh, a lightsaber blade into her palm. She essentially dissipates and absorbs the energy and is able to kind of counteract uh, the um, devastating effects of a lightsaber strike. And then finally, we have immortality, and I'm just going to put a little asterisk by that because there's also immortality on the dark side, but they're very different. So moving into the dark side, I have a great quote from my boy Mace Windu, my favorite character from uh, the Book of the Sith. Um or Book of Sith, which is uh, also from the same collection that the Jedi Path is from. Uh, these are some, also some of my favorite source books. And this is like a little annotation in the book from Mace Windu. And it says, The dark side is not more powerful, more powerful than the light side. It burns bright, but quickly burns out. Essentially, it's a shortcut. It gives you a lot of power, but in the, in the short term, this is according to Dave Filoni now, the dark side is an empty feeling it's an empty power because it continually needs to be fueled by greed and anger and fear and event it's just it is destructive in that way because it can never be satiated um and i just think that's super interesting so some dark side abilities we got force lightning of course force choke which i went over in my sith um uh episode force lightning is uh, the ability to shoot lightning from your fingers, and it's immobilizing, devastating uh, to those on the receiving end. Force choke is the ability to uh, use the force to kind of uh, crush or um, at least constrain someone's windpipe. And then we have a force storm, which is kind of like a, a shock wave outward of um, force lightning, force push. It is extremely devastating. Star Killer is seen to use this in uh, the video game, The Force Unleashed. Uh, and he is uh, the in that he is no longer canon, but he is uh, the apprentice to Darth Vader. Um, we also have for Scream. We see Palpatine use this against the Jedi Masters that come to arrest him in Episode Three. Um, and essentially, it is like it is meant to immobilize your opponents uh, in fear. It's it's a bone chilling cry that is so powerful that it essentially immobilizes your opponents uh, so that you can get the upper hand. Uh, we have Force Drain, which we see Darth Nihilus use uh, in Legends. And essentially what that is is the ability to drain 
uh, a force essence out of or a life essence out of a person it's kind of like a, a dementor but in star wars once again harry potter reference i got a lot of those today um and then let's just uh once again immortality so i'm going to now touch on the difference between immortality from the dark side and immortality uh for the jedi so the jedi were able to transcend the physical realm and become one with the force the sith were trapped by the physical realm um and so i think that the best way to kind of illustrate this is the fact that uh jedi were able to become force ghosts um, only in very specific instances were Sith be able to uh, were Sith able to become Force ghosts, but for the most part, how we see Sith uh, preserve their lives are just being so angry that they can't die. And this is seen in Darth Sion as well as Darth Maul, where um, Darth Sion had such a burning rage that he was literally just too angry to die. And eventually he was convinced to let go of that anger and he eventually passed. But uh, that was kind of his thing, was he was too angry to die. Uh, Darth Maul was fueled by this burning hatred for Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Jedi that he was able to survive being cut in half. Um, which is such a, a sad way to live. Like your anger is the only thing that's keeping you alive. Which I think is just, it sounds empty and painful whereas with jedi once they can achieve full like a, essentially they can there's a certain amount of training that goes into this as we see in the clone wars uh where qui-gon is had incomplete training but was still able to communicate with uh the physical world and then eventually we see yoda and obi-wan are able to become force ghosts and uh, interact with uh the uh, physical world even after they passed away into the force and so that's kind of I, I feel like that might have been a bit rambly and circular and inarticulate but if y'all want me to go into that a little bit more I definitely can do that um, so now we go into some other entities that also use the force so first off we have Bendu he's from Star Wars Rebels so if you haven't watched that then uh, you don't know who that is but he is the one in the middle as he calls himself uh he lives on uh, adelon and he's a super super cool uh individual who kind of like he's kind of like one with his environment but he's super wise and he has a lot of knowledge that he imparts onto the characters and rebels and i won't go uh too too much further into that but he he um he refuses to take a side in conflict because he is essentially the center of the force he represents the center uh then we have mortis so this is a super, super interesting uh, bit of lore from the Clone Wars, and I'm going to have an entire episode over these characters, but there are three beings uh, in this realm called Mortis, uh, and it is the father who represents the middle, the son who represents the dark, and the daughter that represents the light, and they all kind of balance each other out, uh, but then we go on an adventure with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka in the Clone Wars that kind of sees uh, the conflict between all of them uh, and dives deeper into uh kind of the motivations and the different characterizations of each of those characters and it's super cool i won't go into any more of that now i'll save that for a later episode next we have gray jedi uh they kind of walk in the middle between the light and the dark side they are seen as a threat by the jedi because they don't they make compromises and they cut corners according to the jedi and they don't listen to the council they kind of saw qui-gon jinn as one 
Uh, and they, they see them as dangerous because essentially they think that great Jedi make the assumption that their experience uh, makes them authorities on policy and essentially gives them the authority to make uh, decisions for the greater good of everybody else rather than adhering to a strict uh, code like the Jedi do. And um, I can go over Grey Jedi a little more in depth. They're super interesting to me. I actually made an entire uh, mini-series surrounding the idea of Grey Jedi. It never came to light, but I am working on a book about them. Uh, it's been in the working for a long time now. But if that's something that y'all are interested in, let me know, and I can uh, kind of try to incorporate that into this podcast a little bit. Uh, moving on, we got Dark Jedi. Uh, they're kind of like Grey Jedi, but they tend more towards the dark side. Uh, they're not as fully immersed in the dark side as Sith, but they have definitely lost their way and no longer serve the light side of the Force like Jedi do. Uh, then we have Night Sisters, which is a clan of witches that are native to the planet Dathomir, and they use their connection to the Force to produce magics that kind of transform reality. Uh, they're super cool. They're in the Clone Wars. If you want to learn more about them, go check out the episodes that they're in there. Uh, the, lastly, we have the Wills, which are very loosely defined uh, within the Star Wars galaxy, but they're kind of a uh, monastic uh, group of force wielders that were originally intended to be uh, kind of the tellers of the Star Wars story. They, it was going to be from their perspective. They were going to be experiencing the events of Star Wars uh, from a distance. Uh, there, uh, so this is one bit of lore. Qui-Gon was actually taught the secret to immortality by a shaman of the wills. His training was incomplete by the time he passed who so wasn't able to physically manifest himself, but he was able to uh, speak and commune with uh, Yoda after he passed. Uh, Force priestesses in the Clone Wars uh, are the ones that uh, kind of talk with Yoda whenever he goes to the Force planet uh, to start his training. And I, I assume that they are members of the Wills as well who have learned the secret to immortality. And then Guardians of the Wills are mentioned on uh, Jeddah and Rogue One by um, I, I, Ch Churit. I never know how to pronounce his name. He's the blind guy. But um, I think that the wills are super, super interesting, and I hope that they get expounded upon a bit more later. Uh, that being said, I have some thoughts on them and how they could have been incorporated into the sequel trilogy, which I will go over uh, in another episode eventually. I'm not entirely sure when I will, but I might have an, a couple episodes where I go through if I was in charge of the sequels, how would I have done it? Um, okay, that is all I have on my episode on the Force. This was a very basic run-through of kind of hitting the most important points just to orient y'all uh, to this mystical energy force, uh, energy field. And if y'all want me to go into more in-depth into any of these uh, concepts, feel free to email me, twinsuntalks at gmail.com. Slide into my DMs at twinsuntalks uh, on Instagram. Uh, just let me know, and I can definitely uh, do more. But, uh, you know, this is just kind of a, a starting point for y'all. And speaking of more, it wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with a little bit more. More! Alrighty, so Solo, the movie, is the first Star Wars film where R2-D2 and C-3PO are not included in the movie, but Anthony Daniels, who plays C-3PO, does have a cameo during uh, the Spice Mines of Kessel scene. Uh, he plays Sagwa, one of the Wookiees that Chewie rescues from uh, slavery. So, 
that's just a fun little tidbit there. Uh, alrighty, that's all I have for today's episode. It's a little longer than normal, but I had a lot to say. I uh, really hope that y'all enjoyed it. Um, yeah, if y'all haven't already, uh, go ahead and bookmark our website uh, in your uh, bookmark tab, and then go ahead and make an account. There's a login option on the website. If you do that, I'm going to be able to send out email blasts to y'all whenever episodes come out. Um, for the most part, episodes are going to be coming out on Wednesdays at 5 p.m., uh, if y'all haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube. This is, It's just this podcast, but on YouTube, but I appreciate the support. We are Twin Sun Talks podcast over there. And then uh, if y'all want to go ahead and follow us on Instagram, we are at Twin Sun Talks. Uh, thank y'all so, so much for listening. If this is y'all's first time listening, I really hope that y'all enjoyed it and that y'all stick around. Uh, we got a lot of great content to throw at y'all, but that's all I have for today. Um, May the force be with you. I'm doing this out of order. One second. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you. And I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.